wow, when I last saw you, you were still shitting yourself. And you're like, well, thanks, man. I'm, I'm 18 and this is my girlfriend, but cool, dude. You know, you're like, he's big dicking you in this way, right? He's, it's, it's all about this genital Oedipal, like phallic dominance display. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. And, and maybe he'll, he'll give you a little more sophisticated. He'll be like, wow, I remember when you were a kid who really used to like cowboy and Indian movies, but now you're all woke, right? And he's, what he's basically <laughs> trying to do is like, goad you into having a childlike tantrum to prove that you actually haven't changed that much because that's where he needs you to be. This uncle is in the throes of regression himself to be doing this to you. Yes. yes. He's like, oh my God, this kid is getting older. I'm going to die. I'm anxious about this. I can't connect with the youth. I used to be the young one. Yes. Right, right. He's, he's in his Oedipal anxieties there too, right? Yeah. I want to go back to orality here and say, um, and now I'm, I'm thinking in particular about this this uh, article f- from Sarah Satin that Patrick Wood and I were talking about before that is, it's called Psychodynamics of the Holiday Syndrome and it is the one that is about schizophrenic patients in in group. This has a phrase in it that I think is so helpful in understanding what for, you know, anyone who's not, deeply committed to psychoanalytic language, I think can be less persuasive, which is to say like, this is all about oral regression. And the way that Satin glosses this is by saying, look, this is about your dependency needs. And I think that phrase is, is really helpful. And you can, regardless of your psychoanalytic commitments or lack thereof, I think you can see this, this idea as like, okay, not only are you and your asshole uncle simultaneously and in relation to each other regressing, but you're doing it as everyone is not only eating, but overeating. Okay. So you're, this is a time when everyone has collectively relaxed our strictures on how much you eat. And it also means, and this goes back to Patrick's talking about the sort of paradigmatic image of the oral, which is to say the baby at the breast. We also, and I think this gets to the heart of why the holidays can be so painful. We also relax our strictures on how much we can want, how much we can desire. We dream of total abundance and it's manifest on the table, but we also... And so, so the, the actual abundance, if, if you are lucky enough to, 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 to experience that, is there on the table. It's real. You can eat it. You eat it till it hurts. But we also allow ourselves to dream of endless love. We allow ourselves to dream of endless material comfort, but just unconditional, endless love. And Sarah Satin says despite or back perhaps because of the joyful nature of these holidays, few people live through them without at least some sadness, disappointment, anxiety, and emotional pain. Because the oral phase, or sorry, the oral stage is, is a time when the boundaries between self and other are not firmly fixed. When, if you are lucky, you can get all you need and more and where the sort of radical breach between what you want and what you can have, like that severing has not yet occurred. 
And so there's something I think fundamentally painful about this idea of like the table that is groaning with food and that abundance that has been made manifest. It's visible. You share it. You pass it around. And so the fantasy of that feeling of uninterrupted, continuous connection with your relatives seems like it's more in reach than it's ever been. And yet the family collectively regresses and there's always going to be, however coded it is, there are going to be shots fired. There's going to be tension. There's going to be fraughtness. And so the puncturing or the rupture of a fantasy is more painful than not having the fantasy itself. I think that's, that's hard to sit with, but it's very wise. And I think it gets at this, this dynamic of, of, again, of recreation and creation. A lot of creation, well, we have creation myths, and we'll talk about this a lot more next week. But also we have stories about people coming together, right? And hell, you re- part of what is told at Thanksgivings a lot are experiences of previous Thanksgivings. Remember that Thanksgiving when? And sometimes those are funny, particularly if it's a Thanksgiving fail, but other times it's really nasty. Like, remember the Thanksgiving when you threw a tantrum? Or remember Thanksgiving with your ex-wife who was so much better than you? How'd you lose that? Like, that type, like <laughs> people do that type of shit, right? Yep. But there's also this way in which underlying them all is this kind of, or possibly underlying them all, is this desire to recreate something that maybe you never actually had. Yeah, well, that's right? what nostalgia is, right? Yeah. 